With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Uh, welcome to podcast number 322. We are the Fight Disciples. This is dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts, mainly UFC, but there's a bit of Bellator coming your way as well today. Uh, please subscribe to us. You can get all our stuff on iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. And if you need an Android feed like a Spotify or a Google Play or something, uh, you can uh, get it all on our website, fightdisciples.com. Social media, at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter, and it's at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. And that Instagram, next week, will be coming to you live from Abu Dhabi. Boom, 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 boom. How are we going to survive in Abu Dhabi, uh, by the way? Because... Obviously, we are, we're very westernised uh, gentlemen. We enjoy uh, a little uh, sherbet in an evening, don't we? Easy. And uh, I'm led to believe that the lovely people of Abu Dhabi are a little bit, uh, you know, they, they don't like drunken behaviour in the streets, my friend. You're going to end up getting uh, carted off and uh, given 20 lashes or no, whatever it is. No, 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 no. You've missed the boat, my friend. Go on. I've been to Abu Dhabi to I cover agree. the UFC there before. Go, I've been to Yaz Island. And you know some people I who covered, rob some people who rob some people, do I you? I covered the Nagira versus, was it Big Country? Was it Roy Nelson main event? I think it was. See what I mean? That's how drunk he was. He doesn't yeah, even exactly. know what he was watching. And all you need to know is, there's beer everywhere. Is there? Yeah. All the hotels, all the big hotels, all the hotels are like big hotels, like Dubai and it. it's like, and all the hotels have vodka bars, nightclubs. So it's not Jeddah, it's not Riyadh, it's no, more it's Dubai. It's, it's Abu Dhabi. It's party time. I've never been to Abu Dhabi. Well, <clears throat> the Yaz I've Island. Been, I've, I've done Dubai. And the quieter versions of the Saudi Arabian Middle Eastern territory where Abu, you're not allowed to drink. Abu Dhabi is basically the same as Dubai. Sweet, isn't it? So. so if you go into like a public area, like a shopping mall or whatever, there's no drink. Anywhere there's going to be kids, there's no drink. But if you go into any of the hotels, they've all got Irish bars, Polish vodka bars, oh, nightclubs. Hey. And Yaz Island, which is the, the purpose-built island for the Formula One. Yeah. That is where they... I think it's the same this year. Yeah. They build, they're building, they build a purpose-built arena in the centre of the basically Formula One track. Yeah. And obviously at the Formula One, champagne in it. So the champagne bars, you know. I just thought my wife's not listening to the start of this podcast because I've just told her that I'm going to have a teetotal week out in uh, the Middle East because they don't serve alcohol. <laughs> nope. Work hard, play harder. That's the philosophy of the Fight Disciples. And if you're going to be out there, if you're going to be on Yaz Island, please come and join us next week. But this week, we've obviously got to uh, go back because there wasn't any fights at the weekend in the UFC for us to get stuck into. And me and you haven't spoken about that fantastic card at UFC 241, where the heavyweight championship of the world changed hands. Oh, Stipe. I'll tell you what was the funniest bit of that, Stipe's post-fight interview. I couldn't tell a word they were saying. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, I had no idea what Stipe said in that no. post fight thing. To, to be fair to Joe Rogan, who was doing the post fight interview, he managed to 
he managed to make me believe that he thought that he knew what was going on in that conversation. <laughs> I'm like going, what? whatever. I've no yeah. idea what was going on. Fair play to him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no idea what he said whatsoever. When I was watching it, I was thinking, Nick's going to love this. There's loads of body shots going in. Look at this. He's chopping was, down the listen, tree. Listen, I thought Stipe was sensational. I thought Stipe got fucking battered for three rounds. Second round was competitive, I thought. He lost. Yeah, but it was competitive. But he lost. He got bat- battered first round. Second round, I thought it was competitive. Mm. All right. All right. He lost three rounds yeah. and then he turned it on. Exactly. To come out in the fourth round and to change your game like that, to go, right, okay, fourth round, he's full of confidence. He's got three rounds in the bag. Let's do something completely different. Let's let's work that fried chicken belly. To suddenly do that and start dropping in those lefts to the body. He landed one and you thought, do it again. What a shot. Yeah, yeah. Lands another one. Now Cormier's going backwards and you're thinking, holy fuck. I don't remember a fight at that level in the UFC at the very top to change the like that. Uh, listen, I've seen guys get hit with shots, obviously. And they go. And they go. But to see a tactical change that just completely reversed the fight and what was happening in the fight in that very moment, that was absolutely like fucking hell. That was unbelievable. But I've got to be honest, post-fight... You mentioned Rogan and a few others going, oh, well, that's it. You know, Stipe's the greatest heavyweight of all time. Stipe. And I'm like, what the fuck are you on about? Why are you getting your knickers in a twist about it? He's had the most title defences and now he's a two-time champ. What's the matter with you? Who's better than him? Cormier. He's, he's, how many defences do he have? Two at heavyweight. I'm giving a fuck. <laughs> you can't just go off your own eyes. Why can't you use whoa, stats? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why can't you go off stats? Here's some stats for you. Go on then. Here's some stats. Put these in your pipe and smoke it. I'm ready for them. Cormier versus Stipe Miocic. Yeah. How many rounds? Which one? How many rounds total? Uh, five. Five rounds, yeah. Four, one, Cormier. Bomb. Right, but it's one, one. Four, one, Cormier? Doesn't matter. Four, one, Cormier. Doesn't matter. Four, one, Cormier. Doesn't. He's won one round in five. He's won one fight. He's won one round in five. He's won one fight. Did he win the fight? Who's the champion right now? If you take away that fourth round, no, no, no. DC oh, no, no. will still be the oh, champion. All right, then if you take away the four <laughs> previous rounds. <laughs> no, <clears throat> listen, listen, Stipe's the champion. He deserves to be stamp champion. That fourth round was amazing. But to say he's better than Daniel Cormier, career-wise, oh, he's the greatest of all time. I disagree no, no, with that. They're saying heavyweight. Then he's not saying he's better than Daniel Cormier. They're saying he's a better heavyweight. That's what they're saying. How can he be a better heavyweight than Daniel Cormier? Because he's had the most amount of title defences as a heavyweight. Nobody Doesn't else has matter. done what he's done before, and he's a two-time champion. That's the first time DC's ever lost a heavyweight. To that. To Stipe. First time he's ever lost, though. To Never Stipe. lost to anybody else. But he's lost to Stipe. Yeah, but I, wait a minute. Stipe, the greatest heavyweight of all time. Who got fucking smoked by Stefan Struve. That's Stipe. Who got fucked by Junior DeSanto. That's Stipe. Yeah, yeah. The greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. But against the guy who's lost one round. Yeah, but he's, he's also... Yeah, but he's lost the light heavyweight as well. Doesn't matter. I'm t- we're talking about the heavy... We're talking about the greatest heavyweight here. <laughs> <laughs> And it's and it's harsh to bring John Jones into it because he it? is the greatest of all time. Mm. Full stop. Okay. So listen, I, I'm I'm not the world's biggest Daniel Cormier fan, even though it appears I am right now. I'm surprised that you're not on the steep head train, mate, because you're looking a bit steep head today. You've got the tats, you've got the beard, you've got the hat back- backwards hat there. Be backwards, guy. Yeah, you are. You're a little bit Cleveland Browns today, aren't you? No, but look at that picture of Cormier there, though. Cap on backwards. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, if I took this shirt off, you'd see I'm a lot more Cormier than, than I am Stipe. Stipe these days. <laughs> But take away John Jones. Yeah. 
takeaway round number four in the second fight with Stipe Miocic yeah, and yeah. you've got an undefeated champion. That's all I'm saying. That's, <laughs> all, that's all I'm going to say about DC. That's all I'm going to say about DC. I'm not the world's biggest DC fan, all right, as then. you know. Is but all I'm saying is you cannot parade Stipe Miocic as the greatest heavyweight of all time when there's a guy here who is fundamentally better than him all right. and has beat him. So post-fight, um, I didn't know what Stipe said, but I did know what DC said, and there was a lot of rhetoric there and a lot of feeling leading towards maybe retirement. I hope that doesn't happen because I would love, love to see part three. I don't yeah. know where everybody else is at. I want to see part three between these two. Got Let's to. decide it. Got to. Yeah. Got to see part three. Immediate as well. And I know that's uh, a little bit harsh on my sparring partner, Francis Ngannou, um, but I'd love to see these two go at it again, just to decide, just to have that rubber match. Yeah, I, listen... Right now, we're just waiting to see if DC wants to continue in this yeah. game because he's going through some personal tragedy as well. Because I saw that his uh, his dad has passed away this week yeah. after his battle with cancer, which we saw on social media. Yeah, and anyone that's seen the um, the ESPN documentary, um, it was on ESPN. I've done this whole remember all the thirty for thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've done a new series now, and one of them was um, was Ariel Hawani did a big piece with Daniel Cormier, and I don't even know if it's been on UK TV yet, but I managed to get. Um, a friend of mine from ESPN to send me a copy of it over, so I, I'll send you. It's amazing. It, it, Cormier basically is his life story, and you know he's had so much personal tragedy. You know his daughter dying in a car crash, his baby daughter, and um, you know as a wrestler he was like silver, silver, silver throughout mm. his entire life, and then obviously he had the disappointments at the Olympics and all this kind of stuff. Um, it, it feels like he's he's like the runner up in life. So to for him to have this tra- this personal glory of being the UFC heavyweight champion after falling short at light heavyweight, but then coming through, it felt like he's the perfect guy to have his chat. Like he completely changed my tone around Daniel Cormier. I think that's why I'm a closet Daniel Cormier fan. That was the strength of this documentary, but it was uh, it is pretty amazing, and he can walk away now. He's got a massive TV career set out oh huge he's really popular but as a fighting man will he want to walk away on a loss I just think coming back to become heavyweight champion again does it mean as much as becoming heavyweight champion full stop he had his moment there was a there was a time there he was the best heavyweight on the planet and there's still an argument now from me that he's better than the current heavyweight champion so why not fight does he need to come back and prove it just because of where he is in his life you know as you say he's, he's 40 now you know it's like Dan. Dan once again talking about making his comeback. Yes. Talking about making his comeback. But Dan's really well positioned at the moment. You know, he's the voice of UFC in the UK. But we've spoken to Dan Hardy about this on many occasions. It doesn't leave him. It's a niche that it, he can't. That he's got it, a scratch. Yeah, man. It's inside him, and he's got to go. We're probably going to speak about James Haskell as well at some point yeah, on this yeah. podcast, right? There's something inside him that he's making him want to make that walk. Yeah. And who are we to stop them from doing that? Of course, absolutely. I just don't know whether it's still inside Cormier. I think okay. time will tell. Where If he does come back, of course, you're looking at either a third fight with John Jones or a third fight with Stipe. Here's Stipe a qu- makes sense. Here's a question for you then regarding desire, because this is where I wanted to start this week's show, but we uh, obviously got stuck straight into the DC stuff. Because McGregor's been on TV this week over in the States. You mentioned ESPN. He's been on with Ariel Hawani, and he's obviously been addressing everything that's been happening over the last few years, I suppose, in in that interview, even though it was more of a PR exercise than a Big hard-hitting give, give it to McGregor, yeah. it was more of a... I'm a massive Ariel fan. 
as you are. Yeah. But I was really disappointed with that yeah. interview, to be honest. But you know full well why he's got that interview. Exactly. You know why he's on that platform. Because those questions <clears throat> were sent the week before and have been cleared and signed off. Okay. I get it. I, I'm not so, disputing it. So but... watching it then, so watching it, does McGregor want it? Does he want to come back um, legitimately? I Is the so. desire still there? It's hard to say because he's got he's such a good actor. But I would, I, you know, I've come away from it going, we're definitely going to see him fight again. I believe he's definitely going to fight again. But when I'm talking about the desire, what's the reason for coming back and fighting again? What is that? He's a fighting man, isn't he? The build-up to McGregor, to, to the Eddie Alvarez champ-champ moment, right? When he bursts onto the scene, he's in Sweden. He's got absolutely... He hasn't got a pot to piss in as the kid, right? He gets his 60 Gs or whatever it, it is on that particular night. The whole rise, the whole chat... Yes, there might have been this undercurrent of, of money and financial wealth and I like the nice watches and I like the nice cars and all this type of stuff. But it was all, for me anyway, watching him, was it was about achievement. It was about legacy. It was about becoming the best, winning the belts, simultaneous belts, multi-weight uh, victories and various things like that. That's what it seemed to be all about. Yeah. The moment that the Alvarez thing happened and he moved into the world of boxing and went down the Floyd Mayweather road, the rhetoric changed. It wasn't necessarily then about... Legacy. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't about leaving your stamp on the game. It was about, obviously, leaving the stamp in the bank accounts. And don't get me wrong, someone gave me $100 million for having a little bit of a dance at something that I've never done before against the world's best. It would change me. I'm not going to lie to you. I'd become a bit of a dick. Well, I am a dick, but I'd become even more of a dick, you know? Yeah. You'd be buying boats, you'd be buying nice houses, you'd be living abroad, you'd be, you know, going to the parties and all that type of stuff. It would change your mentality, and that is what has happened at this particular thing. That mum there... Conor McGregor became, for me, bigger than the UFC. He became bigger than them. He became bigger than the promoter. Yeah. Nobody's ever said no to Conor McGregor, have they? No. And that is... Apart from that little Irish fella in the bar, he didn't want to drink. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the only guy that stood up to him. <laughs> because nobody has said no to Conor McGregor for the last three years, and he's been able to get himself out of so many different situations, legal situations, so the, you had the Khabib thing with the bus and all that type of stuff. Remember, he didn't... He hasn't got a criminal record off the back of that. No. You know, he pleaded guilty to, what were it, criminal mischief or whatever it may be. Some he, shit like that, yeah. he, he hasn't got a criminal record. It doesn't affect his visa. He's, he's, he's free to come and go in and out of the United States of America. That wouldn't happen to a normal person on the street. That just wouldn't happen. The thing that happened in Florida with the phone when he, he, gets, uh, he was charged with criminal damage, they were dropped. Why was it dropped? I mean, you can lead your own uh, reasonings as to why it was dropped, but you would imagine that someone's got a brown envelope somewhere. Then you've got all these um, accusations that are going on in Ireland at this moment in time. Why is nobody talking about that anymore? It was in the New York Times. Then all of a sudden, it's no, it's no longer out there. So when you've got that much power, when you've got that much money, and you can do what the hell you want and get away with it, you become a certain type of person, don't you? The, Uf, the UFC, yeah, the UFC have never said no to him. The build up to the Khabib thing, he's saying things about religion, Khabib's fa family members, all these types of things where he has most certainly crossed the line. UFC never stopped him. No. UFC never went, Connor, come on, mate. We love all the trash talk. We love this, that, and the other. But there's a line sunshine. You're now bringing religion into this. You can't do those types of things. Nobody said no to the guy. No. And that's why we're getting this type of human being now. And I personally think it's affecting his relationship with fans. I think a lot of fans are switching off. I know I am. The guy that beat Eddie Alvarez, I was in. Right now, I'm like, I can't, I'm like, whatever. Don't get me wrong. When he comes back and fights, I'll be in. But right now I'm like going, oh, jog on. There's yeah. other there's other things going on in this game. When in the last two, maybe three years, if I'd said to you, 
we're going to Abu Dhabi next week, but you can make the main event. You can make any fight on the planet. What's it going to be? This it, is probably the first time in three years it doesn't include the name Conor McGregor. Yeah. Or my desire for it. Do you know what I mean? So, like you said, three years ago, oh, I'd need to see Conor McGregor. Conor versus him. Yeah. Or Conor versus 100%. him. 100%. It, it, would, it would start with Conor versus. Yeah. Whereas now, the biggest fight in all of UFC is Nate versus Masvidal. Yeah. I want to be at that fight more than fucking 100%. You know, anything. That's it. More than anything. That's the first time in a long time I can remember it be, it, that, that that question not involving Conor versus. Yeah. People are getting bored of his bullshit. And rightfully so, because he's acting like a he's prick. You know, he's acting like a spoiled child. Mm. The footage from the bar in Dublin from back in April, kind of horrific. Do you know what I mean? Like fucking punching a little old man. Just just weird, just, just signs of somebody that's completely out of control. Now, there's a lot... I've chatted around Conor McGregor certainly coming out of Ireland that he's doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then there's obviously a rhetoric over here. People say, no, he's training, he's doing that. And somewhere in the middle is the truth. You know what I mean? Do I think he's falling out of crack dens at five in the morning and all this kind of stuff? No, I don't. But do I also think that he's, you know, off training 12 hours, no. 24 hours a day, living with the monks up in the Tibetan mountains? No, I certainly don't believe that here. Somewhere in the middle is the truth. And unfortunately for Conor McGregor, he needs to get back inside the octagon. He needs to get back fighting again to keep his nose clean, quite literally. Mm. Now, you, you touched on it before. You were kind of basically saying, if someone give me 100 million, this and that and this and that, blah, 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 blah. Don't, think, don't know whether we'll ever see him fight again. But personally, if someone, if if we left the studio right now and someone went, there's a lottery ticket there, mate, and I won a 100 million fucking pounds on the lottery, I wouldn't do 99% of the stuff I do now when it comes to work. No. But I'd like to think, me and you would be doing this show from a fucking mansion in, in Ibiza somewhere with a fleet of white Rolls Royces outside. We just put a studio in because we do Fight Disciples because we enjoy doing Fight Disciples. We enjoy being in each other's company and this is our passion. We don't do it for the money. We do it because we love it. Well, certainly that's my case anyway. <laughs> so if, if the money was there, I would still record Fight Disciples, yeah. hopefully with you or, you know, some naked Swedish dancers <laughs> or something like that. But there would be some kind of output because it's in me. This is my passion. I want to talk yeah. about it. So in terms of Connor, yes, he's got a hundred million in the bank. Yes, he's set for life. Yes, he's come turned into a complete dick. But inside him, he's still a fighter. He's still that guy that was fighting on the dole when there was no future in MMA and there was no money in it. And he was still sacrificing everything to train every day. Somewhere inside him, there's still that guy. And while that guy's inside him, I truly believe we will see him fight again. But to what level? Because there's that Hagler saying isn't there from years ago it's very hard to get up in yeah. the morning and do your six o'clock runs when you're getting out of bed wearing silk pajamas it's very difficult to do yeah. that what level and this game has moved on in three years it moves fast it does. if you look at the division where he could probably where he's most competitive at 155 pounds mate he ain't beating is he beating Khabib well he's not beating Khabib no. is, he, is he beating Tony Ferguson he's not beating no. Tony Ferguson even the likes of I know that he's got wins against Poirier on his record and Max Holloway these guys have developed so much over the last three years. They're great fights. They're great fights. Where's he at? Where's he yeah. at in that mix? We just even, don't know. Even if Masvidal came back down, if 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 Diaz came back down, where is he? I mean, Diaz didn't waste a beat the other week, mate. There was no cobwebs on him. He hasn't fought for three no, years. Three competitively, years he looked phenomenal. So where is Connor? I mean, I looked at that Connor interview. And I'm looking at his face, and he looked he looked knackered. The difference is, you see, is that. Yes, Nate Diaz smokes like he's fucking the Ching Chong reincarnate. But Nate Diaz, you you just because of the the way he is, you know, Jordan knows three years. He's rolled jujitsu six yeah. days a week. Yeah, yeah. He's hip pads three days a week. 
he's running fucking 50 triathletes, triathlons a year. Mm. That's just the way he is. He's a gym rat. He's a modern-day gym rat in that. He, he would trade jiu-jitsu six hours a day every day, regardless of whether he had a fight coming up or not. That's just who Nate Diaz is. It's he, that built, it, That's his makeup as a fighter. But he hasn't afforded the luxuries, and there's no demand on his time like Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor must literally get, please come to Dubai for this opening, we'll pay you a million dollars. Please come to New York for this. Please come to LA. Please come to Vegas. And then his sponsors are on board. Oh, you know, the clothing line, we need you over here for a photo shoot. We need you there. Private jet, private jet, private jet. And because he's come from fuck all, he's like, yeah, man, private jet me up. Let's go. And that's why, coming back to the UFC, that it's all like money, money, money. I want shares in the company. I want this, I want that. Now, being led to believe that the shares in the company thing is not a conversation anymore, apparently the money thing is there or thereabouts because he was supposed to be fighting Justin Gaethje. That fight was ready. Posters were done. And then Conor picked up a little bit of an injury and whatever else, so he got knocked by the wayside. I think Justin Gaethje is a great fight for Conor because Justin Gaethje will try and butt Conor's fist. Yeah. And I think Conor believes in his own power enough and I think he can put Justin Gaethje out. But, you know, that's where we are with Conor right now. Conor can't, Conor can't come back like Nate Diaz and jump straight in against Khabib like he tried to last time. Doesn't work. You got exposed then. He needs to come back. He needs to come back on a journey. Someone like a a Gaethje, a gatekeeper to that yeah, top yeah. ten, a fringe top ten guy, is perfect. You know, bring him through that way. It's turning into a cliche, though, isn't it? Absolutely, turning into a cliche. It's embarrassing because you know, <clears throat> at the end of the day, I've said this before. I'm in the Conor McGregor business. Hmm. My livelihood depends on fight sport being good, being popular. More fight sports, more the bigger fights, all the pay per views, everything else. My kids get to have fucking sliced bread. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of the way it is. Sliced bread. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you get Heinz beans. That's it. Not Aldi beans. That's it, man. Do you know what I mean? That's it. So we've got a couple of busy weeks coming up. Dad's got some HP sauce in. None of that bloody <laughs> Tesco's on brand. <laughs> Woo! Exactly. And fundamentally at the crux of that, there's no busier time for me, for us personally, than when Conor McGregor fights. Why? Because when Conor McGregor fights, it's not boxing fans, it's not fight fans. No. The world's in, everybody wants a piece of it. Everyone's on. Con, last Conor McGregor fight, when I was out in Vegas Khabib, uh, commentating on Khabib, I was working for three different fucking national outlets. I was doing Al Jazeera TV every morning. I was doing this guy, that guy, this guy. And I was loving it because I'm like, yeah, man, I, this is how I want fight sports to be I want fight sports to be more popular than football never gonna happen but I want it to be there because I this is this is our lives I'm, I'm at the centre of it I chose not to cover football because the pricks I chose fight sports because I love fighters and they're not like other human beings I'm in this game for life this is my passion and I want the world to watch sometimes we're in here we're recording these studios and we're talking about big fights and everything else and you're like wow the world's got and in reality you step outside the studio and if you stopped 100 people they wouldn't have a fucking clue what you're talking about Mm. Go outside now. Stop ten people. I'd be surprised if five know who Andy Ruiz Junior is. And yeah. we're in the UK. Yeah. Go outside and stop ten people and ask who Conor McGregor is. And Everyone. if one person says they don't know, there's a liar. Yeah. Everybody knows who Conor is. We're in the Conor McGregor business. I want Conor to be a successful fighter, but unfortunately, Conor is on a freight train towards a prison sentence, mm. and that's not good because that's the old that's the that's the fight sports stereotype. That we want to check that mixed martial arts was professing to bring us away from. George Saint Pierre wasn't Mike Tyson. George Saint Pierre was never going to end up in a prison cell. George Saint Pierre is holier than thou, a martial artist, respect everybody, no trash talking. We were on that journey with him. Now, 
fight sports being fight sports about bringing eyeballs in the trash talk comes back because that's how you sell fights that's how it works unfortunately George didn't have a shelf life Chael Sonnen and then Connor and that's how you get interest going unfortunately you want, that's how in this viral world that we live in you need that 60 second 30 second clip of someone fighting okay. or abusing each other unfortunately that's just the world we live in but ultimately you want that to be in a environment that is not staged but a press conference that's what it's for fight with each other argue throw shit at each other way goes viral now everybody wants to fight but when you're walking into a bar often fucking a load of bar flies in dublin a glass of whiskey and one of them turns it down you think it's you think it's within your right to throw hands at him and you're a professional athlete sorry that's way over the line way over the line he should be in jail he should be in jail right now hmm. i'm just surprised when bellator announced this week they were making a new sign and it wasn't the guy out the bar because he took it like a champ. <laughs> he did. He didn't even go down. Right on the whiskers. And then moved on with his next drink. Speaking of Bellator, Bellator 225, every single fight ended in a finish. That's the type of thing we want to be talking about, man. We don't want to be talking about these 15-minute dull fests. We want every single fight to be absolutely finished. And our boy, uh, Nick Neal, getting a... Uh, on his debut, getting a little bit of a triangle. Was it a triangle choke? That arm he triangle choke. Arm yeah. triangle choke that he chucked in there as well. Uh, sensational uh, performance uh, from him. Did you see that little heel hook um, finish where the kid ran straight across the octagon, yeah. slid on his knees, yeah. jumped on the heel hook and had it done with in like five seconds? It was absolutely madness. Yeah. Aviv Ghazali or whatever his mm. name was. Slick, man. Slick. I love it when shit like that goes viral because as non-BJJ Unless you roll BJJ, you don't appreciate it. But in this moment, anyone can appreciate that because you're like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what, what? ninja guy. He's tapped. <laughs> oh, shit. That's, that, that shit like that gets the world involved. So I love all that. But I was buzzing for Nick, though. Nick's such a nice guy. Mm. Really nice guy. On the Bellator train, where you at with James Haskell? Stepping in and fighting at heavyweight. This is a, a former rugby international. <laughs> I saw him in Ibiza last week, DJing. He was DJing at Ibiza Rocks. No word of a lie. I looked at him. I haven't recognised that guy. And then I saw the poster and it said uh, James Haskell. Nice. Former England international. And the week after, he's announcing that he's going to be competing uh, in mixed martial arts. I'm led to believe that he's had an interest in MMA for a long period yep. of time. He's been rolling yep. for a long period of time. He's a big old dude. He's in great nick. He looks strong. Yeah. Um, and Bellator have a reputation of matching these type of... Uh, signings quite well. They did with Aaron Chalmers for a period of time, didn't yeah. they? I don't think he's going to be fighting the heavyweight champion of the world anytime soon. Uh, but what it does do, it brings new eyes to the sport. It brings bums on seats. And you know what? I was I was on radio this week talking about it, and I, I I'm a massive fan of James Haskell. Um, I've known James. I've, I've been in this company a few times in and around UFC circles. Good five or six years ago, he was doing stuff for BT Sport. He was doing stuff for TV around UFC. He is a massive MMA fan, absolutely massive. Uh, and he's always wanted to try it. And he always maintained that one day he would try it. He just didn't know at what level. Um, I think Bellator is a perfect fit for him. They've got a massive commitment to doing a dozen UK shows uh, in the you know in a 12-month period. So there's going to be loads of opportunities for him. I think he put bums on seats. I think you'll get a lot of rugby fans with him being a former international. That go, yeah, go on, I'll have a go. I know, I'm a massive James Haskell fan. Let's mm. get down there. Um, just seeing Richard and Judy Octagon side will be fucking awesome as well. Isn't he married to their daughter or some shit like that? Is he? I think so, yeah. Is he? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Richard and Judy. <laughs> Octagon side oh at the Bellator. Yes. <laughs> um, so that'll be interesting. But listen, I, I, 
I'm not going to pour. I'm not going to pour cold water on it because I know James and I know how big of an MMA fan he is. And you know what? You can't use the fact that you've been an international sportsman in a different sport as leverage to get a, a good role like Plus, that. Then mate, fucking as well as that. I, w- I was having a conversation with somebody at the weekend. Well, what about when Freddie Flintoff came and did boxing and all this type of stuff? Well, hang on a minute. You're coming out of cricket to fight sports. This is an international rugby guy who's used to scrumming with people, wrestling with people, and being at close quarters with people, yeah. giving each other a crack during the... Uh, so he's, he's a physical guy anyway. Yeah, yeah. He's in a physical sport. I'm not saying he's all the way there, but he's at least half the way there. And like you say, it's not like he's just gone, right, I'm going to do that now. He's literally been rolling for a best part of five to ten years yeah. as the lad. Yeah. He kind of knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's always done MMA training as part of his rugby training. Yeah. His upper body strength and all that kind of stuff. So, he, he, listen, I think he could shock a few people. I'm like you. Doesn't, you know, I don't expect him to see, check, see him fight Czech Congo anytime soon. But if you can do it with Alan Chalmers, you can certainly build up James Haskell. And good luck to him, man. I, you know, as I say, he's a massive MMA guy. I think it's brilliant for the sport and it's brilliant for Bellator. It's a good move for them. Mm. Probably even better than signing the bar flight from Dublin. The uh, couple of little bits of news. Uh, Askren's got himself a fight. We're going out to Singapore, October 26th. This is a little bit more like it for Ben Askren. Get somebody else who uh, who wants to have a bit of a grapple. Him against Myers, actually, really fascinating fight. Yeah, it is, yeah. Absolutely fascinating because, you know, Damien will be super comfy on his back and, and, and certainly uh, Askren will be super comfy on top. So it's a real good clash of styles. Like It's a fascinating fight for him. And, uh, Don't anticipate hands being thrown all over the place. If you no, want, if you want, a, not, if no. you want a phone box turn up in the middle of the octagon, this is not your fight. It's a it's a grappler's paradise, isn't it? It is, yeah. And it's probably a case of you know you could probably just take the cage down and just have it as a flat mat. You know, both these guys are used to fucking fighting on a flat mat anyway, mm. so wouldn't surprise me. You know what? It'll probably turn into a fucking boxing match now. Watch. Yeah, it will. Uh, on the same night in Bellator, which we've just been mentioning, Rory McDonald's taking on Douglas Lima. That's another great fight. Yep. What was the point of the welterweight tournament? No idea. Because <laughs> it just brought us those two guys back together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Yep. Is that it? Good fight. Um, are you into um, the idea of an intergender UFC title? Oh, fuck's sake. Are you? I'm up for it. I'm up for it if it means that Shevchenko... I'm up for it if I can fight Shevchenko. I'd be up for that. I'd be up for intergender sparring anyway. Some olive oil. For those that don't know this story, Henry Cejudo has uh, started a narrative where he wants to become the first intergender champion and he's called out Valentina Shevchenko. She's responded a couple of times and she's up for it. Um, If it means Shevchenko sparking Cejudo, I'm in. But the the chances of that happening, I think, are uh, are, are very small. What is it? What is he at this moment in time, Cejudo? What is it? Why is he trying to avoid... um, is his world title obligations rather than actually defending those belts that he's currently champ, 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 whatever he refers to himself as. Yeah. Why is he then starting other narratives? Just because <clears throat> certainly a flyweight, you know, he's, he's got to go down and defend his flyweight belt next, hasn't he? You know, because that's been the one that's been... I guess Joy Diaz is that. Yeah. But that's the problem. Who the fuck is he? Mm. How'd you sell that fight? Mm. How'd you put bums on seats there? Yeah. How'd you keep that as a pay-per-view? How'd you keep making more money than so you, you made last you time? you want him to fight the female no, flyweight so, champ? So Judo's got to generate headlines some other way. Uh. Because just that fight getting made as a... It's not a pay-per-view. does shit numbers. Because Judo can't sell it on his own. You know, Judo with the intergender wrestling thing more than ever, he's turned into the Andy Kaufman of fucking UFC, hasn't he? He's a joke. The guy is a joke. 
But he understands that people aren't tuning in to watch him. People aren't interested in flyweights. They never have been. Fight, fight fans are not interested in flyweights. We never have been. He has got people remotely interested because of his antics. But the move up to bantamweight was the most significant thing for him. That's what people went, okay, this guy can fucking fight. He's not going to try and do a DJ and sit on the flyweight bill forever and fight the same guys. The problem is, once he slips back into defending that flyweight belt, he's gone back to that DJ mode. No one's interested again. Mm. So how does he keep the narrative going? How does he keep selling it? So now he comes out and does this whole Andy Kaufman intergender fucking UFC champion thing. You know, the, the ironic thing is put him in with Amanda Nunes and she'll fuck him up. <laughs> like, that's just a fact. But uh, it's just, listen, he is who he is, isn't he? It is what it is. He's an acquired taste. I get why he's doing it. I've got an understanding now. I, actually, I don't have to appreciate it. I don't have to enjoy it. I do think he's fake as fuck. Do you think he will be in Abu Dhabi for us next Absolutely, week? Absolutely, 100%. And are we going to get him on the show? Definitely. <laughs> got to, haven't we? Got to get him on. That could be. If he's there, we'll get him. He's He is. He, go, he comes to the opening of a fucking fridge, so I'd be very surprised if he's not in Abu Dhabi. That could be the one. That could be that could be the piece of content that you've been crying out for. You didn't know that you wanted it in your life, but I'd say something. If he's in Abu Dhabi next week, us, we him, I don't know, in some uh, little Abu Dhabi nightclub having a little bit of a, a dance-off, <laughs> that could be the one. Um, fights this weekend. I've noticed that uh, your boy Grundy is uh, in action. Yeah, big Mike's back, yeah. Taking on uh, Mosfar Evo Eve Loev, who is an undefeated fighter, it's a tough, Easy tough for old you ass. to say. It's a tough, tough name to say. Isn't it, it is a tough name to say. But uh, out in Asia, uh, in Shenzhen, <clears throat> it's uh, listen. It's a tough old fight for him out there, and it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Do you know what? Only because I texted Till the other day and was like, "How was Grundy doing?" And he just sent, and he didn't reply. He read it and didn't reply, and I was like, "Huh?" And I've just noticed here. Grundy fights off. They've pulled the fight. I've literally just seen this now. This is live. This is this is actually happening live. As we're know. talking now. Uh I don't know whether it was pulled a couple of days ago, but it says featherweight fight between um that guy and Mike Grundy was scheduled for this event. However, Grundy was forced to pull from the event with an injury. He's been replaced by Zhen Hyung Lu. Um which is a rematch of a fight that took place in Russia. So Grundy is actually off the card. And off there you go. China, which kind this of... is it, you see? It's always moving, this sport. <clears throat> yeah. Turned up this morning, fight's on. Now, uh, during the uh, recording of the show, fight's off. Um, let's talk Jessica Andrade then, now, shall we? Because uh, she's uh, she's the main bill at the top of, at the top of the tree. I was just looking then, there's an Inoue on this card from Japan as well. I was thinking, oh, oh, here we go, here we go. But it's not the same one, no. It's not the same guy. <clears throat> Jessica Andrade, obviously, against uh, Wai Zhang at the top of the bill in China. Um, Andrade's got a role to play here. She'd better not fuck it up. Um, because, obviously, the UFC have just opened the Performance Institute um, out in China. Um, which is fucking massive, apparently, compared to the one in Vegas. So they're making a big commitment to this Asian market now that they're going to be doing a lot of big fights over in China, around Japan, all that kind of area. They're making a big investment there. The does, this, does this affect for you one championship? Do you reckon they're going to be uh, sniffing around some of the dudes out, Absolutely, 100%. Out 100%, of course they are. Now, one championship, uh, even though they've st- done stuff in China, they're predominantly based in Singapore. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that Asian market is obviously something that the UFC 100%. wants. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why they're going after it. But the UFC's investment is China. 
to the billion people that live in China or whatever it is. They want to groom fighters there. Now, that's why they've been built the Performance Institute. They will be going around the country, hoovering up potential talent, shipping them into fucking Beijing or whatever it is, and just training them full-time. That's why they've got, you know, they've got Western coaches who are being based out there, mm. taking mixed martial arts at its at its highest level to China because they want to invest in Chinese champions. They want to have Chinese champions. They want to grow the market over there. And the way to do it is by having local fighters sell out big events. So that's why uh, Andrade's going out there to take on Zhang this weekend. It'll be, <laughs> you know, obviously <clears throat> Andrade de- defending her belt. She starts the fight as, as, uh, as favourite. But Zhang was in Vegas because I'll say they've opened a PI out there to train these Chinese fighters. But Zhang and who's the guy, the Chinese guy? They were based in Vegas. They've been there for months. And the UFC are basically fucking training them in Vegas to become a champion. Like the odds are stacked against Zhang is so favoured by the UFC to win this weekend. Uh Jessica, Jessica Andrade may feel like she's on foreign soil. She is on foreign she's soil. On foreign but you know soil. what I mean? <laughs> she might feel like the outside fighter in a promotion where she's the champion because it just makes so much sense for her. But I think it's a great fight. Zhang could become an absolute overnight superstar if she beats Andrade. Obviously, I still side with Andrade. I thought, you know, performance against Rose and everything else, she looks the real deal. But Zhang's tough, man. She's limited, but she's tough. And she will be taking the fight to her because that's the only way she can win this is by trying to overwhelm Andrade. But Andrade's no, Andrade's no joke, man. The way she fought Rose, mm-hmm. slammed her, mm-hmm. beat her up, you know, it's a great fight that while it lasted. But uh, she's tough, man. She's tough. It's a good fight. Um, that's all happening this weekend. And with it happening over in China, it should be on at a decent time. I haven't checked the times. I should have checked the times. But I, I would imagine <coughs> I so. it's on at a decent time for a British audience so you can get stuck into that. It's a weird one. I, I don't know whether it's fully been announced, but there's only like a three-fight main card or whatever. Maybe it's just because they haven't sorted the card out yet. But... Yeah, but you normally get these type of cards with your Cocoa Pops. Yeah. Because I remember, I well, or, or lunchtime at least, because I remember when uh, Bispin was over there fighting uh, Gastelum. Yeah. You know, you got that at lunchtime at your one o'clock in the afternoon. So if you, I don't know, you're not taking any football this weekend or whatever it may be, <clears throat> get your uh, television on and uh, have a little bit of a look at what's going on in China. But that's my tip anyway, is the a Chinese double is what the UFC are looking for. So a Zhang and Jingliang, the welterweight guy who's, who's co-main event, they're the two guys that, they're the two Chinese people that were in Vegas. They're the two that the UFC want to win, but they're both in boss fights. There you go. Um, like I said, next week it's going to be a, a little bit um, of a different listen for you because we're we go- in Abu Dhabi, motherfuckers. Because we're going to be uh, dropping content throughout the course of the week. So if you're going to be waking up Monday morning and expecting something, might not necessarily be there. The boxing show hopefully will be there because we're both at Lomachenko at the weekend. Uh, but the uh, UFC stuff and mixed martial arts stuff, it's going to be filtered in throughout the whole course of the week because we're going to be speaking to people out there. Fingers crossed, Henry Sajudo's out there, so we can have a chat with him, and we'll uh, we'll be bringing you content. Uh, from the Middle East. Uh, so make sure you subscribe. It's a hell of a card. Mm. I cannot wait. We'll talk about that next week. You don't have to get too... I want to get excited about it now, don't though. Have to get Come too on. Gi- don't have to get too giddy. Come on! We'll talk about it next week. Um, <clears throat> also, Nick's, uh, there might be a video coming your way next Thursday morning, it'll be Nick at the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Something like that, anyway. All right? We'll, uh, we'll keep you up to date with it. Anyway, please subscribe to us. Fight Disciples on iTunes. You're looking for fightdisciples.com if you need an Android feed. At Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter and at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.